There's a, a Japanese style of pottery that he was mentioning, and it's when pottery breaks and then it gets fixed with gold, and you can see all the lines in it, mm. and then it's that much more beautiful mm. once you make the repairs. Right, right. And it's kind of the same thing as mending walls, right? It's like yeah. you, how you choose to repair, even when you don't understand someone or you have a conflict or you're angry and you come back and you are able to express it as fully as you need to, and that, you know, and then you can find common ground again. If you can do that well, the bonds are tighter. Tighter, absolutely. In May of 2020, the citizens of Richmond, Virginia, took to the streets to protest racial inequality, police brutality, and the monuments to Confederate generals that line our historical streets and city parks. As a result, African-American artist and community activist Hamilton Glass chose to create a public art project that brings together artists from different cultural backgrounds to paint murals that start conversation and heal the divides between us. That project is called Mending Walls. Hey everyone, I'm Hamilton Glass. I'm an artist and muralist based in Richmond, Virginia. Most people know me from my public art. Most of my work revolves around community engagement and using the power of public art to uplift communities. All right, so I wanna bring in my friend, uh, Pierre, work partner, buddy, <laughs> Vanessa Diamond, who works with the Community Foundation and uh, Hands On Greater Richmond. Thanks for joining us, Vanessa. Anytime you ask, I'm there. So yeah, I really wanted to bring you on because you were there at the at the start of this. Like, I think it's our conversation that really kind of really birthed mending walls. We, we, it was the week of George Floyd's murder and uh, like every conversation, I think it was like a two-hour conversation. Every everyone least, was having, yeah, yeah, exactly, having two-hour conversations then. But really, the heart of mending walls kind of came out of me to you on that conversation. Um, but before we get into that, I want to kind of talk about you and what you do with the Community Foundation and Hands On Greater Richmond. So I work at the Community Foundation. We're a local foundation in the Greater Richmond area that focuses on supporting philanthropists and nonprofits to really make the most effective change we can for community. And we do that through lots of different stuff. You know, there's grant programs, there's educational programs. We work with um, donors in the community. My specific body of work is really focused on people and voice and volunteer action and helping individuals and families and youth and corporations find ways to give their time or their voice back to things that matter to them. And the way that we're connected with you is we've been working, I don't know, like on 10 years maybe yeah, or something, close to that. really integrating public art and that public art process with volunteerism and people coming into downtown and into the schools and working through murals and volunteerism kind of all merged together. Yeah. Um, but if it has to do with anyone kind of looking around in the world and saying, this is making me really angry or really inspired or I want to get involved, we try to play a role of taking and harnessing that energy and helping them find the organization or the issue that matters to them most so they can give their time or their energy or their dollars to, in a way that really makes change and helps feel, them feel connected. So we like being in the middle of everything. Yeah, absolutely. And I honestly, like everything you said, just I reflect on my work with Hands on Greater Richmond and you guys have been such like a rock and a support for me, I think a lot of people think that I run to the city when I want to get work done, but I, I literally run to Vanessa and Hands on Greater Richmond because you guys do such great work. And also the trust from the artist side, like the trust that's given 
is has always been amazing. It's funny. We actually had a, a big conversation this past week about trust in this time. And I was using you as, as the example, you know, because we've got COVID, we've got this racial justice movement, and everyone's trying to figure out how to do something and what to do and when to do it. And we actually talked about our, our, our working partnership. And I was like, we wouldn't have been able to do this work with Mending Walls and you if we hadn't known you for so long and we didn't have so like so much action underneath us that yeah. built patterns of trust because we could ebb and flow through this project, which is complicated. You know, you'll yeah. find that out through all the podcasts and the stories. Like this is a complicated like body of work and question and it does take real trust. Yeah. And often trust is built like literally with time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like we've spent a lot of time together over a long period of time doing different projects and I think that builds I don't know, something special. There's something special in being able to finish a project with someone, you have like a different kind of experience with them and you do the work with them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Which is, I mean, I'm just hearing you say that is making me like, oh, that's, that's why I did that. Like, that's why, that's why we could have the conversation we had that day about this because it's ever evolving. Like this project, Many Walls is ever evolving and there's always holes popping up in it. And I'm always, you're always coming to me like, hey, does this feel good? And I'm always coming to you with the same thing. Like, does does this work? And kind of like leaning on each other to to make sure we're doing the right thing. Yeah, it's a good um, weaving. Yeah, absolutely. In the moment, and and talking about like the first conversation that we had, what was really I guess moving to me was your I guess just interest interest in this moment. And I think I know everyone is interest interested in this moment and interested in doing things, but like. Me personally, as a public artist, I always look at art to heal. And I've, I've learned that through this pandemic. I learned that through this uprising. And actually, but like most people don't know, I lost my position in 2008 in the recession as an architect. Right. And that's how I became a public artist. And so like that was a that was a traumatic thing in my life. And I used art to get out to of get that. Yeah. Uh, and so when this happened, when that happened this time, I kind of did the same thing and uh, i i really i don't know i just i just really was in the same mode on that in that conversation i was in the same mode that you were was like trying to figure out what i could do to use art well for me personally to use art that could help this moment and we started talking about listening like being intentional about listening and 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 being intentional about letting the people who felt, I guess, the most vulnerable to this time listen. And so I just remember being on the phone with you and you being like totally open to anything I had to say. And not that you aren't <laughs> any other time, but it was extra. like, yeah, it was just extra. And and as I'm talking about it, I'm also remembering you were just like, how are you doing? You know what I mean? Like really concerned about my well-being at the time. So like so explain you know yeah. kind of explain to me like let's get into that let's get into to um, how you I think felt. when every I mean you know we've been you know hands on the community foundation where we were already in like you know crisis mode response for the community in COVID right and I think that to me is also why the George Floyd moment um, happened it was when people s- saw that murder it was we were already raw we were already um, in a state of you know global crisis or pandemic so we could see things more clearly 
And for me, everything that happened after that, and I keep talking about this, is like one more day, every day a different lens is like a little clearer, a little clearer. I kept saying the veil is lifting. And it, mm. you know, and I thought I knew stuff. I thought I got it because I grew up in a pretty diverse community and I'd worked in the nonprofit sector and I'd you know, been working towards some sort of concepts of racial justice but I don't think I really fully have understood it. The last three years have really been like an unpeeling. And I think we were all, and even on that call, just really raw. And you could just, you just felt cracked open. And mm-hmm. you're just like, okay, now what? And more than ever, I know particularly that the white community that needs to listen and needs to figure out how do we step forward? How do we step to the side? how do we amplify other people's voices and still be true to our own all at the same time? Like you and I have had like these conversations through this project. I'm like, well, is this okay? Is this not? Am I stepping forward too much? Do I, but then I need to do this. How does this work? And I know in that first conversation, I just kept thinking, I just believed that there was something with art in downtown and like the vibrancy of what I think public art has always done, which is create questions and wonder for people. And I think that public art, and particularly this project, can take people's pain and anger and sense of oppression or complicity or curiosity or like, oh my God, I didn't know, or I knew and I didn't do anything about it, or I have felt hurt in my life. I just feel like art has the ability to equalize out people's ability to be able to communicate. Um, So as soon as we started kind of talking through this, we were talking to Emily Smith at 1708 about some work, and we talked to the Downtown Neighborhood Association, just kind of even checking with them and listening to them, like, does this feel right for downtown? What do you think? How do we get involved with the businesses there? And there was something through, like, for me at least, about listening and then hearing what could happen and then knowing that we have some resources to help amplify it, like Mm -hmm. amplify your voice, but not just your voice the 24 artists voice. Yeah, yeah. And I think in that, there's this, we were talking about this the other day, there's these concentric circles. Every volunteer that shows up on these projects has an experience. They talk to their friends. Every person that now walks by one of these murals and has the opportunity to hear the origin of it, there's a ripple. Absolutely. And I could tell from that first conversation, I was like, yeah, we're doing this. Like, this is, this is going to happen. And I remember going back to our CEO and just explaining the process and what the project was. And her response was, yep, let's do it. It was kind of immediate. And it was because we had this long-term relationship with you. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it was almost like a next strategic play for us. It wasn't like we were jumping in. We didn't know you. We had never done public art. We were like, let's just hop into some you know, yeah. project in response. It felt really like, of course, this is what we're going to do next because we've already built so many conversations and projects with you and other artists in the community i felt the same way but i also thought that it was really kind of i guess serendipitous that we had done so much work in the past before and so really everything that i poured into like this idea well this idea wasn't even called mending walls when we were talking Mm -hmm. but this idea was really kind of just like a want from the past like a want of like man i wish we could I'm i'm a really big advocate of collaboration just because I think when two artists come together they should make a third artist if that makes any sense like it shouldn't be two things before but then I also think that I'm also a really big advocate of being able to talk about what the work means because everyone always comes up with different meanings for the work and who's to say that's wrong but 
I think there's always like there's a there's a glory moment when you find out what it really is and then it can take on a another meaning from that. So I remember just getting we we really like planned out many walls on that call, like everything that we said that we were like, yes, yes. I was like and I I remember asking a lot of questions. I was like and I was like kind of scared at first. I was like, do all the artists need to be black? And you were like, no. <laughs> no and I was like, yeah. okay, great. I don't think so either. I think it should be multicultural. You know, like, <laughs> right. it was we. It was like we started all the things. We were like, well, what about this? And what parts of town? And yeah. what does it look like? And what do we do about these civic talks? And um, there was there was, was a fun. second in that where I was I started because we were just talking at yeah. first, and there was a second in that that I was starting to understand that like you were planning this. Like it hadn't registered to me that that we were really going to do this, if that makes oh, any no, we sense. Were totally doing it. No, I know, but but it it probably like an hour into it, I was like, wait, she's actually planning that because every question that you're asking me back is like a logistical question. I was like, oh wait, okay, we're doing this. This is this is this is going to happen. I no, was like mining the like conversation that. to be like, okay, I think we've really got all of the elements in here. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really I don't know. I just I felt more powerful in that conversation than I ever <laughs> I ever have. Um, because I felt like, you know what, like someone's actually listening to me. Someone's actually. And that probably came from the beginning of the conversation when it just felt really intentional that you were listening. And I just felt super empowered. And I just said everything I wanted to say. And I don't know. I got to thank you for that conversation because it was awesome. Um, but the, and look, I mean, look where this project is now. I right. I mean, like tiny sparks. When we listen, <laughs> like really listen to what someone's intentions are or like your your dreams, your ideas, mm-hmm. and you can help amplify it. Like there's something really powerful, both for me, you, and the whole project when you can help make things more exponential, right? Yeah. The other part of that conversation, the first part of that conversation, just to dive deeper past, past the programming, before the programming, was me having a conversation to you about my conversation with Matt, mm-hmm. right? And trying to get you to see the space that I was in now because again going back to like are you okay and at, at that point every day was a different day I don't know if I woke up okay and waking and and I was I was talking to you about how you know one day I would make up wake up upset because you know why are all these people now paying attention mm-hmm. there's no where were re- you yesterday? yeah yeah like where were you <laughs> yes exactly where were you yesterday you know, or two weeks ago, literally two weeks ago with Ahmaud Aubrey and, you know, and countless other times before that. And then having that conversation with Matt. And I don't want to say my perspective shifting, but my perspective becoming a little bit more hopeful. And my conversation with you then made that even more hopeful. And then the other thing was like, I'm always weary because weary when people feel like they can't make a mistake around me like you know what I mean mm-hmm. like we we yes we're in heightened times and things are crazy and you know everyone's watching what they say and stuff like that but you really can't, can't be afraid to make a mistake and you really can't be that person who can't forgive a mistake if you know where that other intention is coming from and so that I felt that a little bit too and I was trying to assure you that you didn't have to worry about that. And that's where I was real. I mean, it's, it was hard. Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, some conversations are even this morning or yeah. you know, we, we talked about some stuff. 
and I'm, you know, you're just heightened about the words you choose. And, yeah. you know, we, we had a conversation today and it was, you know, it was obviously about, you know, race and, and roles and tokenism and how do we do this and how do we move forward and what's authentic. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't ever want to not use my voice, but I also want to make sure I'm intentional in it. And mm-hmm. I think right now language is so delicate. Yeah. Um, saying the wrong thing to the wrong person can can explode yeah. and really the wrong way in the yeah. wrong way but if you have people you know and i know we've talked about this a lot is like and i've said to you like throughout all the conversations i'm like tell me if i say like be honest like you have to hash yeah, this out with yeah. me can we do that and you're like yeah i need that too i need you to hash this out with me and you were like because i don't know all the time right right and i think that made me feel really even more trusting and transparent because i can't just look to you and be like up oh, he knows right. he's a black man with his black man experience. He's going to tell me exactly what to say or do because you're also trying to figure out right. how to navigate new lands. And I think that vulnerability on both parts made it be like, okay, we can figure this out. But I could probably have a conversation with you and then turn to somebody else and say something and they totally wouldn't different. understand yeah. because they don't know me. And good intentions are great. They can also right. – <laughs> right. they don't matter if your actions don't follow through or if – you in, if there's harm that comes from it. so. But that's the problem. The problem yeah. is like the lack of empathy too. And and it, I even say that cringing a little bit because I know people are like, you know, we've been empathetic for or. And we're not done. Even, right. And we're done being empathetic. And I get it. But when this dies and it will die, like when when we are no longer talking and we're just like, you know, ravaging in the streets or 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 whatnot like that's going to end so when that happens we have to we have to have moved in some type of way towards each other and i think that empathy is what's going to make us do it now some people are built for it all the time and some people aren't Mm -hmm. and we have to be accepting of that too i I'm, i'm not saying that but my whole thing with mending walls the nucleus of it is empathy, right? And the nucleus of it is, hey, it's okay to make a mistake. It's also okay to voice your opinion strongly about what you believe in. Like, I am not trying to dictate what these artists do. I'm I am trying to give them a platform to say what they say, and then what they learn while doing that is theirs. And, and what they're willing to share with the world right. is then what I think makes us the difference between, like, art and public right, art. Right, right. I mean, that's the community art kind of component of it. That that brings up the civic talks that yeah. was really kind of even in that first conversation and talking about how the, these art, these pieces of public art will be able to to bring more people to the table through civic talks to not just talk about the art, but to like further the conversation into that. And I was out at a youth rally over by Art 180 and I ran into Rom, and I think I was I was writing the proposal from Indie mm-hmm. Walls, but it was after we talked, right? And I was just like, okay, civic talks, we got it. Yeah, <laughs> there's Rom, right? This <laughs> this guy has been doing it. This is what he does, and I, I really wanted to stress the pe- stress the people that Mending Walls is like a platform, right? So right now it looks like I'm a, I'm in front of it because I'm curating you know all of these artists doing this but i think 
Community Foundation and ROM are up next, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. Like they really are putting in the work to program these civic talks. And I'm excited about that because I'm excited to see it go in front of the art and go to kind of the meat and potatoes of what we're trying to talk about. Really what I would say our role has been both, you know, is to like be the sounding board for Hamilton through the whole process. But like we're managing all like the logistical ends and the volunteer engagement and all of that piece. And for the civic talks, we're really going to help Rom bring this vision to life that really, you know, we all kind of hashed out on on a call the the other day and finished up this morning. The first one's going to be much more, and we don't know we're naming them yet, right, because we're all in this words matter. Is it a civic talk? Is it a town hall? Is it a forum? Is it a gathering? And um, Rom has a project called the Conciliation Project and has facilitators. And and Rom's really going to facilitate some discussion between pairs of the artists. That, what was their experience? How was, how was collaborating? What was that process like? What are their own lived experiences that fed into the theme of their art and why they you know chose the images or chose to do them in the way that they did? And what does that mean? So a little bit of their real life and a little bit of their art explanation at the same time. So however open and vulnerable they want to be in that process is up to them and then the first one will be like more open Facebook live there can be open Q&A sessions and then after that people will break into small like zoom rooms and be you know five or six people with a facilitator to really talk about some stuff you know talk about what they're thinking about what their questions are uh, what do they think about the art how does that make them feel what kind of what what are their stories in relation to this racial justice movement and what their role is either in the past or what they want to see themselves play a role in the future towards action, towards changing things, towards doing things different. So our hope is that it'll allow, whether it's the volunteers that come out on the project or, you know, community community leaders that come or youth that show up or families that participate, allow anyone that wants to hear artists process and then be able to figure out kind of how does that impact them and what does that mean for them? That was, you kind of covered... Uh, yeah, yeah, you kind of covered the last thing I wanted to ask you about, which was, and please add on to it if you if you can, uh, but like, how does it see, and we're now, we've now completed four murals uh, out of the 16 that we were planning on doing, and seeing the final products, are they, are they what you imagine? Are they, I don't know, are they better they imagine or do they, I don't know, do they hit you anywhere you thought you wouldn't be hit? I don't know. So I don't know what I expected. It's like opening up a, a book. You know, you, you don't know what yeah, the next yeah. page is going to be. And everyone, you're like, oh. That's the thing. Like even yeah. the when it's the mural is done, you you have your first perception of it. But there's more in there, which is why I can't wait to interview all of the artists with this podcast. Because, I mean, uh you know, every time we do, you're learning more about their actual process in doing it. And I suspect there's going to be some like some tough conversations that happen yeah. with these collaborations. And sometimes it's like you're asked to just let art speak for itself. Yeah. yeah. And this project's like the complete opposite. Yeah. We're like, no, no, really. Like, why did you choose yeah. that image or that color? What was the story? And people always love a sneak peek behind the curtains. Right. So I think we're actually giving people that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because we often don't get to hear the whys and the hows and, like, you know, what their storylines are in their heads and the analogies or mythologies that they're putting into their art. So it's like there's kind of that extra little like back, you know, you get you get to see behind the curtain of what's and, going on. With and them. then, you know, the other thing is like and I'm just speaking as an artist and put my artist hat right now, like collaboration so hats to wear. Yeah. <laughs> collaboration is just hard in general, especially yeah. like in public art. 
and then to to throw your beliefs on top of that is is just like an insane thing and i think a lot of them are finding that out now right like they all are really enthusiastic to be a part of of something like this but then when you sit down with your partner and go like so what are we talking about you know <laughs> they got to they got to do the work but i think that's it vanessa i really appreciate you taking the time to be with me today and is there anything else you you'd like to add no i just have a lot of gratitude just for your um for just you oh thank you I re- I re- and i and i, <laughs> I to wish you I could give you a hug <laughs> I, and i to you because i really again like when we first got on that call it was really just about like how are you doing and i think that that was like the perfect way to start to i mean we didn't know it at the time but to start this right it was it was really about like it you just displayed empathy at at its peak right there and it it birthed this it's amazing so thank you this podcast was produced by pam hervey and hamilton glass with support by todd hervey whitney whiting and george parker mending walls was created by hamilton glass and supported by the community foundation for greater richmond and Altria Group. Information on this project can be found at the website www.mendingwallsrva.com. Please keep listening for details on when and where you can see the one-hour documentary on Mending Walls to be broadcast on public television. You can listen to other episodes of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.